0: listening to Happy Herbs. Disclaimer, I am not a professional. Everything that you hear in my episodes comes from personal experience and personal research. If you question anything, please go research it. Please, even if you don't question anything, do your own research, come to your own conclusions, and if I am wrong, please feel free to point out that I am wrong because I am always still learning even though a lot of the information that i have found is current it may not be accurate so please 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 always do your research and let me know if you find a discrepancy in what i'm saying thank you Hello, all my beautiful noodles, and welcome back to my podcast, Happy Herps. And let me just say that it has been exactly one year to the day (laughs) that I made episode one. And I can tell you right now, so much has happened between now and then that it's insane. I can't even believe that I hadn't touched this for a year. That's how crazy it's been. It doesn't even feel like it's been a year. I feel like maybe it was six months ago, and it's not. It's been an entire year. As all of you know, 2020 has has been, well, 2020 been crazy. Everything that's been going on between all of the fires that happened in Australia and we've just had an insane amount of things going on between then and now and now we've got this COVID mess going on that's still happening. And it's just it's just been a crazy year and it's only August. <laughs> so, it's only August and in 2020 has just been insane. But there are good things that came out of 2020. I have this that whole year from August 7th of last year to August 7th of this year, lots has happened to me and not all of it's bad. In fact, a lot of it has been good. I got on a new medication that they came out with that they trialed for cystic fibrosis and I've been on it since December of last year and I have been doing phenomenal and I may go into a little bit of detail about that later, but it's been amazing. And I've also purchased Two more snakes I received two more snakes three technically but one of them is not staying with me it's staying with my friend at his house and then I have the other two that I got here one of which we are technically co-parenting because we purchased it together but it's staying here because of its size that it's gonna get which will give you a hint about what it is but anyway I acquired an albino het was it a regular albino or an albino het conda I think it's a het conda I think I'm pretty sure anyway the point is it's it's definitely an albino and I'm pretty sure he's het conda. Western hognose. So <laughs> I also got a high red het albino het conda. I'm pretty sure that's what Enki ended up being and she's gonna be part of that breeding project. I know it sounds like I don't know but I it's been a minute since I've looked at the actual page that I got her from and I don't have I didn't write it down like I should have and I know she's het albino for sure so even if if they aren't het condas, I'm pretty much guaranteed albinos, which is pretty cool. And she's also a Western hognose, and she's the one that is staying with my friend at his house. And then I also acquired a Albino Hypo Het Green, Fermi's Python, who is one that we purchased together but is clearly staying at my house because the size that he will get, he will need the space and my friend's parents aren't too keen on having giant snakes in their house. And plus he has quite a few other animals already so we're keeping him here. We're basically just co-parenting, but his name is Dandelion and he's still a juvenile so he's still very little. I've got plenty of time to make room for him. He won't get obviously the massive size that he will grow to overnight clearly not but those were the the two newest additions to my house and the newest addition to my friend's house and we're really looking forward to those future projects I have some news about breeding that I may have to put it off for at least one more year my male that I was going to use as a breeder he recently had some regurgitation issues and I don't want to push it I'm just now getting him back on track with feeding. So I think I'm just going to leave that alone probably for one more year since I don't have a full breeding pair yet without him. So that might, that'll have to wait another whole year, but that's fine. I want the health of my snakes is more important and I want to make absolutely sure that he is a-okay and that he will put on enough weight and that he, you know, because he did start getting pretty thin because he was having some some regurgitation problems and I think I'm hopeful, fingers crossed, we're getting over that now, but it'll probably be another year before I actually start a breeding project, which is fine. Again, that's unless I happen to come across a breeding pair within the next few months, which I don't think will happen. Mainly because with everything going on, you know, the reptile shows have been canceled because you can't have more than 10 people gathering in one spot right now due to COVID and safety issues. And that's okay. So like everything is basically online now. You you know, if you want to do anything, you basically have to do it online or go hope hope you can get in person with like an actual breeder but like I'm not I'm not gonna do that I'm just gonna wait and see what happens which is fine that just gives me plenty more time to you know do research and set up my room and like get my incubator all set up and and all that good stuff so I do have my table done now the table I was talking about in the first episode we got the table done we got them all nice and stacked so they have their own space they're off you know the floor and everything which is amazing and it's just everything's So far with my snakes, other than that, Small issue with my mail. Have been going great. The Dumeril's boa is doing wonderful that I mentioned in the first episode, and it turns out that she, not he, she is eating. Finally, there was some complications with getting her to eat. She wasn't eating. She was acting afraid of her food, and I was very concerned because I've never had a snake do that before. So when I was at Tenley, not obviously not this year, but last year, I did go up to the nerd table, New England. reptiles table and I asked Kevin about what I could do to get her to eat because I told him what was going on and he explained that like it could be her enclosure size is too big and we need to give her a smaller enclosure and he gave me a video to watch and I went to his YouTube channel I watched the video we set up the enclosure exactly as that was done we you know we worked with her and uh, she's finally eating she's finally eating and that makes me super happy and I'm just going to go out on the limb and say that I don't know Kevin personally. I just watch a lot of his YouTube and when I was at Tinley, I took the opportunity to ask the question. If you need any reptile advice, I highly suggest going to his YouTube channel. Uh, You can just look it up on YouTube, type in N-E-R-D, nerd. Uh, or New England reptiles and I'm sure you'll find it. It's he uh, knows any almost anything and everything about reptiles that you could possibly want to know. The man is a reptile god as far as I'm concerned and his advice helped a lot with getting her to eat. So if you really want to go check out some reptile information and just see a really amazing collection, go to his YouTube channel and check that out. No, I'm not being told to plug this. I I just think it's a really good idea for anybody that wants to learn anything the man knows his stuff he's been in it since probably since he was born (laughs) i don't know it's been a really long time he has an amazing facility it would be a dream day if i could ever go and see this facility it's freaking amazing you would love his channel if you love reptiles he loves all of his animals go check it out but anyway she's finally eating and just it's everything's kind of coming together with the reptiles like i said except for that one little issue i had with one of my males but we're we're working it. And that's something that can happen. I'm keeping an eye on him. He's pooping fine. He's drinking fine. Now he seems to be eating. He has just given me an amazing shed. Hopefully those uh, small issues are behind us. And I won't have to deal with any more regurgitation. He should be okay. If he does regurgitate again, I will be taking him to a vet. Because there should be no reason that he should be regurgitating perfectly good food. And then I will take him to a vet. But so far, it just seems like he was stressed for some reason and he's just, I don't know, it's just really weird because he threw up and then he ate again just fine and then he threw up again and then he didn't want his food at all and then now he has shed and he went after it like there had been no problem. So if he does regurgitate again he will be going to the vet. That is a thing that will happen. And like I said, this has all happened within like a month's time. So like it it's fairly recent. This wasn't a problem until recently and I'm just not sure why because all of the others are just fine not had any issues with them but that brings me to my next discussion that I wanted to talk about is feeding because I have changed my feeding habits with my snakes and that was another thing I wanted to discuss after that first episode anyway is feeding your snakes and what is best and there are three options that you can go with live frozen thaw or freshly killed and freshly killed and frozen thaw basically the only difference is with the frozen frozen thaw, clearly they have been in the freezer and then you thaw them and then you give them to your snakes freshly killed or called. Some people prefer saying called. It's the same thing, you're killing them. You give that to them directly after they have been called or killed. That's usually done with a gas in a chamber. I'm not gonna get into all of that because that's a lot of controversial stuff. The point is, those are the three options. I used to feed live and that was because none of my snakes wanted to eat frozen pod. And I had tried and they wouldn't touch it. They wouldn't eat and I was just like, okay, fine, I'm not gonna fight with you. I'm just gonna give you what I know you will eat. Because they had all been started on life, food, when they were hatched. That's just what they were used to, and they didn't want to eat frozen thaw and then I uh, normally didn't you know think about it all that much I was like yes I know frozen thaw is the safest thing that you could feed them or freshly killed safest because the, the the rat or mouse cannot actively hurt your snake like they can't bite your snake or scratch your snake you know you don't have to worry about any of that and I wasn't worried about it I never thought too much about it I did watch them I never left the food in there with them for prolonged periods of time because I obviously didn't want them to be in danger of anything happening, and I'd never had any problems, and it was no big deal. And one day, and I didn't notice this until maybe a few days after it had happened, because obviously once you feed your snakes, you want to leave them alone for 24 to 48 hours because you don't want them to regurgitate their food. And so I noticed on Banana, my one of my female super pastel ball pythons, that it she had these marks on her head that she hadn't. previously had and I was like what are these? And it turns out that she had been bitten, not hard, and thank goodness it wasn't deep or, you know, anything that was like severe. But I noticed that she had these little marks on her head from where she had been bitten by whatever the rat was that I had given her. I'm not sure if it had happened that feeding or the feeding before because they're, like I said, they were not large marks. They weren't deep. They weren't, it wasn't anything that was major. So I didn't really notice it until I was really looking at her head thankfully that was the case they were not bad they had healed up quite nicely and like with her sheds it was Nothing was wrong, and I got super lucky. And I will continue to say this: I got lucky because that could have been really bad. And rats can hurt your snake. That is a thing that can happen with live feeding, no matter how careful you are. Obviously, my snake still got bit—not hard, not deep—but she still got bit. And that's when I decided, okay, I need to transition these guys from live feed to frozen thaw. It's easier to keep frozen thaw anyway. You know, it's you don't have to worry about if your snake does eat then you know you're gonna be stuck with a rat for a week to two weeks maybe longer if they decide they're not hungry. So I was like "All right, it's I need to try to switch them over again and I need to really push it this time because I don't want my snakes to be damaged by their food. And so I worked on it and I found out this is what worked for me. It, It might not work for everybody but this is what worked for me. I took my tongs and I would make the rat move after they latched onto it and I would like imitate the way like the back legs or the tail the way it would move if it had been wrapped and then i would slowly imitate the death throes of the rat which this sounds very morbid and it kind of is but like i know snakes that like live food are used to their food dying in their grasp or you know, that they're just, that's what they're used to. So I would imitate the death throes of the rat and then once they thought the rat was quote unquote dead, since it was already dead they would eat it so I've been doing that with them consistently and I've even got my Burmese doing it and he was started on life as well but he took to it immediately I don't have to fight with him on it at all it's the ball pythons that I have to work with and I'm still I don't have to do it as much now though so like I have cut back on the amount of time that I have to pretend the rat is alive for them to take it so soon I'm hoping soon that I won't have to do that at all I'll just give it to them and they'll know that it's food and they'll eat it but that's what worked for me it took like I said it it took me a few tries get them to really for me to know okay if I pretend like I'm the rat like if I pretend like the rat is dying then they'll eat it because at first I thought I'll just give it to them and see what happens and they wouldn't eat it they would grab it but then they would just drop it and not eat it and then so that's what I did and it's been working splendidly I don't know why like I guess I never thought about it that way before because I was always just like oh it smells like rat they should eat it no they're used to killing their food so if I pretended like the rat would is dying they eat it and I'm so much happier with my decision to switch over even though it's a little bit more work like I'm not just throwing the rat in and letting them do it I'm I, I have to work a little bit with them it's so much easier because I don't have to worry about like I said live rats I don't have to worry about having a space to keep live rats if they're not hungry I don't have to take up too much room in my free you know my freezer they're not they're not hard to keep in a freezer so it it's so much easier to just It's safer, it's easier to feed them furs and thaw. I will forever and always be a proponent of that. Now, I understand there are very picky ball pythons out there that absolutely will not eat frozen thaw food it happens there are snakes out there that will not eat frozen thaw food and that's just the way it is and you will have to feed them live or they won't eat and a fed snake is better than a dead snake that's i mean you want them to be fed and that's the main thing as long as they are healthy and they are eating that's what's most important but if you can i would always suggest feeding frozen thaw it's so much easier it's so much less stressful especially for your snake because you don't have to worry about I'm getting hurt and the whole thing about this is because I wanted to bring it up there is controversy over it in the in the reptile community there are people that will tell you that live is the best way to go because in nature your snakes will hunt their food and kill it on their own and yes that's true in the wild obviously they will have to hunt their food and kill it on their own and yes snakes already have that instinct so if, you know, for them, it's easier if they just toss it in and their snake does it. But again, in captivity, there's not really a necessity for it to happen that way. It, it just isn't, it isn't necessary for most snakes. You don't want your snake to be injured. You know, you you just, it's, captivity is very different than the wild. So yes, they still have that instinct, which is why mine is still wrap the dead food, like they're trying to kill it. But I don't have to worry about that rat fighting back. And that's the biggest difference. That's why it's safer than why in captivity it is not necessary to have them hunt their food and kill it. It's enrichment to an extent, but you can provide enrichment in different ways through their enclosure, whether you're giving them things to climb on or bury under, that kind of thing. If you're looking for an enrichment thing, the live food is not does not have to be a part of that. And freshly killed, if you're okay with that kind of thing, that just means that you have to have your own supply or you have to know somebody that has their own supply that can freshly kill it for you. And then you can feed it to them, but that seems to be few and far between. I think there are breeders that will do it themselves because it, it seems to be easier for them to keep their own rats. They breed their own rats. They know what they're giving their rats so they know what their snakes are getting and that's okay, you can do it that way. I won't because I don't have a big enough establishment for that to happen in. I uh, used to raise rats to feed my snakes. I did do that at one point in time. And I stopped doing that just because it was, it's a lot of extra work. It is a lot of extra work. And I would, even though it was cheaper somewhat, I did have issues sometimes having the right size because you have to wait for them to grow up. And like, I still had to buy food every now and then so like it just didn't work out to where I was willing to put in that effort for me it wasn't worth it it might be for you if you don't mind raising your own rats and pulling them yourself go for it I'm not going to there are plenty of suppliers out there that I can get rodents from I have a local place that I go to to get rodents from and it works out just fine for me but yeah like I said a fed rat or a fed rat (laughs) a fed snake is better than a dead snake for sure so if your snake absolutely will not eat frozen thaw then yes clearly they need to eat live but if at all possible you can transition them over or if you can you know start them out on frozen thaw that's even better then go for it that should be the way to go just for the safety of your snake like it doesn't even have to be about ease of uh, feeding It's just the safety of your snake should be your main concern. So, like I said, I can honestly say I was never a huge uh, proponent of feeding live. I just did it because my snakes didn't seem to want to take frozen thaw and then i changed my direction with it and i tried something different that i don't even know why i didn't think of it in the first place and now they're taking frozen thaw just fine so and like i said give it a shot see see if you can switch them over and you will thank yourself for it later for sure and that was what i wanted to talk about on feeding because there's just there's so much controversy on the topic i'm aware of and it's it's just you know there's a lot to that and there are some snakes some ball pythons that i have heard of very rare and far far and few between, but in the wild, their natural food is a soft fur, and that's a specific type of rat called soft furs. That's their natural food in their natural habitat, and every now and then there will be a ball python that just absolutely will not eat a regular rat or a mouse, and they have to be given these soft furs. But it's very, very far and few between that I have seen that be a problem. Most ball pythons do not have a problem with eating a regular rat or a mouse, you know that's just a thing to keep in mind, but it's, like I said, it's very very rare. So I sh- I just feed them regular frozen rats. They're okay with it, and I'm okay with that because soft furs, unless you I think you unless you know somebody that breeds them or you buy them online, they're kind of a little more difficult to get a hold of. Your normal pet stores and your normal feed stores, as far as I know, don't normally carry those. So that's just you know. Don't start them out on those if you don't absolutely have to and you'll be much happier in the long run if you go with something that's way more available that you know they'll eat. There's that. And I'm extremely happy with my decision. Like I said, frozen thaw is easier to keep. You can keep it longer. You don't have to worry about having a live rat if they don't want to eat. It's safer for your reptile. And it's just overall, it's just a better decision, period. That's the way that works. And so that's what I wanted to discuss because I know some people, you know, may not feel, completely comfortable feeding live and it, there's better options and I want people to know about those better options you don't have to feed live if you're not comfortable with it and if you're not comfortable feeding frozen thawed, then you probably shouldn't own a snake and I'm just gonna throw that out there right now snakes eat most most snakes eat rodents that's their diet they'll eat things like some of them will eat chicks and there are african egg-eating snakes that do eat eggs but they require a more specialized care as far as food goes if you get them you have to make sure that the eggs are the right size and just and it's just overall better if you if you can stomach it then great feed them frozen thawed if you can't even stomach feeding them frozen thawed then you shouldn't own a snake because that's what they eat and that's not gonna change. Like, as far as I know, the egg-eating snakes are the only snakes that don't eat like rodents. So the, I, I could be wrong, there could be other species out there. I know that hognoses in, is it the Eastern hognose usually eats toads more often. I know that that's a thing, uh, but again, you're gonna be feeding them animals. For the most part, snakes eat other animals. That's just how that works. And it's, it's just better off if you are not comfortable with that to not own a snake because it will eventually bother you and you don't wanna risk the health of your animal. I don't even know why. I do know why I'm bringing this up because I have heard stories of people who get these animals and then they find out that they don't exactly have the stomach to feed them what they need to be fed they feel bad for the food and then they end up having to rehome the snake so I'm just putting this out there now if this is not something you are comfortable doing then reconsider getting a snake (laughs) that's it that's all I'm throwing out there because I I have heard those stories and this is that's all about feeding. That's part of the f- feeding process. So, you know, they're they're going to eat other animals. Whether those animals are live or dead, it all depends on what you choose to feed them, but if you are not comfortable feeding them either one, then don't get them. And I think that brings me to the conclusion of this episode, everybody, cuz I just wanted to touch on the whole feeding thing and what I'm doing now and the difference between live frozen thaw and am freshly called and i hope to be making more of these in the future i didn't realize it had been a year it's so insane that it's been a year to the day that i've made this but let's i don't know let's talk about like what were your feeding experiences with your snakes have you switched them over to frozen thawed what did you do to make the process easier uh what are your thoughts on live feeding versus frozen thawed feeding yeah like what do you guys think about feeding frozen thaw versus live that's that's the question of the day. And next episode, I don't know, maybe I will talk more about hognoses since I did get a hognose recently, like I said, and I'm gonna be working with them. And fun fact, in my first episode, I said I would never work with a venomous species, and hognose are rear-finged venomous. However, that being said, they are not dangerous to humans in the sense that it will not kill you. You might end up with a slight reaction, like if it does bite you, but maybe we'll go into that in the next episode. We'll talk about hognoses and and how they work and like what, what their environment is usually like and what it's like if you get bit and why it's not as dangerous as some people think it is despite them being rear-fanged venomous. I think that would be a good topic to go over in episode three. We can talk about western hognoses. So yeah, y'all thank you for word. Jo- uh- words. Thank you for uh joining me today and have a wonderful evening, day, have a great night. I don't even know how to end this. Thank you all for joining me my beautiful noodles and I will see you later. Goodbye.